0: Welcome to Episode 2 of Tales from the Rabbit Hole, a podcast of conspiracy culture conversations. Today I'm going to be talking to Mike Rothschild, a researcher who writes a lot about the QAnon conspiracy theory. And if you're not familiar with the QAnon theory, uh, you might want to read a little bit about it before you start listening. It's a fascinating theory that involves a... uh, Counter operation against the deep state, kind of spearheaded by Donald Trump and various members of the military. Uh, well, Mike will explain it when we get uh, into the show. Mike, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, for someone who is a, a researcher on conspiracy theories, you've got uh, perhaps an ideal last name, or perhaps an <laughs> unfortunate last name. Um,
1: uh, yeah, well, it depends on my uh, my Twitter mentions that day.
0: Yeah. Do you remember when you first realized that your name was kind of associated with some kind of global conspiracy?
1: Oh, you know, I think it was probably high school because I, I went to high school sort of right before the Internet got big. So I you know, you'd see these references once in a while in a newspaper or a magazine to the Rothschild banking something. And I would ask my parents, like, is that us? And say, yeah, really, we live in a, you know, split level house in the Chicago suburbs. That's not us. And I sort of watched the nascent internet conspiracy movement embrace the Rothschild family as sort of the, the root of all evil. And I just started thinking to myself, that just doesn't even seem possible. And I started digging a little bit more. And I also around that time started listening to Coast to Coast AM, just purely out of entertainment value. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Ark Bell's weird stories and the strange people that he had on. It was this window into this totally different world for me. And I, you know, I kind of walked away from it for a while, got busy with other stuff. But then I started coming back to it and realized how much it had taken over the Internet. And that's when I decided to put my writing skills to use um, trying to do something kind of useful for the world. And so it started off with the the family name and then kind of morphed over time to what I do now.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. And now you focus a lot on the QAnon conspiracy theory. Yeah. Could you give like just for the for, you know, people who haven't are not that familiar lunch- with it, the high the high level view of uh, what, what is QAnon?
1: OK, the, the, the 50,000 foot view of QAnon is that the conspiracy is that there's a secret group of military intelligence insiders who are feeding secret plans about an upcoming purge of the deep state to a message board called 8chan. And because these plans are very secretive, they have to do it in a way that's very um, rhetorical. So they use a lot of riddles, a lot of rhetorical questions, a lot of pictures that don't have any context, a lot of secret codes. And there is grown up uh, around this conspiracy an industry of these people who decode these posts and supposedly figure out what they really mean. And the whole thing's been going on for about a year and a half now. It started on another message board called 4chan, migrated over to 8chan, and it kind of goes in ebbs and flows. Q won't post for a while, then it'll post a lot. And a lot of it is sort of cryptic predictions about things that are about to come. Some of it is sort of pointing at alternative media. Some of it's just racial insults. It's kind of a mixed bag of crazy, but there's this very... Small but de- dedicated cult that's grown up around these posts that truly believes this great event is on the verge of happening. Wow,
0: you say it's like a, a small uh, but dedicated group, but you see them sh- showing up on uh, Trump rallies. Yeah. Do you ha- do you get a sense of like how many people actually believe that there is something to the QAnon uh, phenomena?
1: It's really hard to tell how many people believe in this. Um, I try to go by concrete numbers, which you can find with things like YouTube subscribers. Mm-hmm. Probably the most popular QAnon decoder is this guy who calls himself Praying Medic, um, who's kind of in trouble right now. And maybe he's in some tax trouble right now. But mm. he has, I think, about 220,000 subscribers on his YouTube wow. channel. It's a, it's a lot. So I sort of look at that as the very high end of it, kind of taking into account that there's probably some people who subscribe to it and have never watched anything, and there's probably some bots that have subscribed to it. At the very low end of it, there's the um, there's a message board on Vote, which is this kind of alt-right knockoff of Reddit that's, that Q has mentioned and drops a couple of times, but only has about 15,000 subscribers. So I would say somewhere between that low number of 15,000 and that high number of about 20. 220,000, there's probably somewhere in the middle It would be that number of people who identify as QAnon believers.
0: Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's a very small percentage of the population when you look at that. And that's that's kind of like the average. You know, one thing I found with things like chemtrails and whatnot is that, you know, there's, there seems to be quite a few fairly average people who give it some credence but haven't really thought about it.
1: Right. You get uh, the dabble. You know, you get yeah. people who read an article and go, oh, this is interesting, and then they, they get consumed by the other stuff going on in their life. And, yeah. you know, I think that's that's really hard to find fault with. I mean, if somebody sort of looks into something and goes, oh, it's interesting, but I'm never going to come back to it, you know, there, there's no reason to, to sort of cast that person aside as crazy. I mean, th- mm-hmm. there are people who are really, really, really deeply into this, and it, it's hard to know how many they are, but they're really vocal they they buy stuff. They buy Q merchandise. They bought this book that just came out, or I guess came out in late February, that went to the number two spot on the Amazon Top 100. Yeah. So this small group is very vocal and very um, very free with their money. But then I think there's a much wider base of people who maybe think it's kind of amusing and maybe think it maybe is a little bit true, but don't really invest into it at all.
0: You think people perhaps just see it almost like as a, a symbol of some kind of ill formed resistance to the deep state?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. I, I yeah. think there's probably people who think that there's some sort of organized opposition to Trump and that this person or people who are opposing his cue are sort of sniffing it out, but then a lot of them just go, Well, what can I do? I work, at a job, I have a family, yeah. you know, I have life. It it's gonna be what it's gonna be and that's
0: it. So they might buy a Q T-shirt or something or a Q hat, and but not really understand what yeah, the of, actual details are.
1: Yeah, they're sort of lighting a torch for
0: yeah
1: for fellow believers, but beyond that, it it hasn't taken over their life.
0: Because when you really get into it, when you look at the actual details of the the things that people are claiming, it's it's pretty it's pretty out there, really. And I think perhaps if people, uh, you know these. More borderline people, the average Joes, actually looked into what was actually being claimed. Uh, perhaps they might not be uh, so so willing to, to to follow along with it.
1: Right, if they really dug into the most extreme aspects of it, mm-hmm. you know, the the idea that the you know the pedophiles and the the, the purges and the executions and the satanist stuff, and yeah. of course and the racism and the anti-Semitism, because that is all over QAnon social. media. It's
0: it's quite a, a smorgasbord. Uh, I'm sure you've seen like these 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 very convoluted diagrams that yes. they have. There's one called the uh, Q web. Um, yeah,
1: the, the map. There's a couple of yeah. like maps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what you're looking at, it looks <laughs> it looks like the ravings that you would find written on the wall of an insane asylum.
0: No, you see, this all these uh, this this wall of basically. Names of things like yeah. uh, I'm just randomly looking at something like George Washington, who was really on the dollar bill. And obviously, that refers to some kind of conspiracy that the person on the dollar bill isn't George Washington. I never heard of that before. I just picked that out completely random. Then yeah. you've got Alistair Crowley, uh, you've got the Rothschilds right yeah. there in the middle. Is, uh, of course. center. course. Yes. <laughs> and then this weird section over to one side with religion, uh, all these kind of ancient religions. Have you looked into that very much, this kind of connection that they have to ancient religions as being the basis for this theory or is that a there's free a of
1: it? there's a weird um evangelical strain in QAnon. There's a lot of um you get a lot of references to God and a lot of reference like Bible quotes and things like that. But then they're also looking at this as the final battle in this you know eons long struggle between good and evil. Evil being Jews and the, you know, the Satanists and the pagans and anybody who is before Christ and good being the Christ followers. So it's really this just sort of millennialist um, Hmm. book of Revelation stuff. It's just, you know, done with memes now instead of, um, you know, hand printed traps. So do
0: you think there is this kind of uh, a white nationalist uh, undercurrent to all of this?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of mixing of the, the alt-right and the white nationalist stuff. Mm. You know, they they kind of cast themselves as this colorblind patriot movement. But if you spend any time reading the stuff that these people write, you know that that's not true at all.
0: Right. Yeah. They obviously, they don't mention white nationalism. I think on this this, this diagram, I was there's about ten thousand, literally about ten thousand uh, <coughs> names on it. Uh, so it's, it's kind of difficult to tell if there might be something in there but there's probably things in there that uh would cross over to white nationalism like the uh some of the foundation, foundational conspiracy theories i, I don't know if I, I can't see it but perhaps the uh what the protocols of the elders of zion yeah uh, that, it,
1: that's in there and they were for a while um when the uh the guy who ran over the woman in charlottesville uh, mm-hmm. james fields when he was um he he pled guilty to hate crimes and there was a big strain of posts on the QAnon sites of like James Fields did nothing wrong. He's a patsy from the deep state. The woman uh, walked into the car and had a heart attack. It's like, really, guys? Come on. Yeah, you, you can believe your, your goofy conspiracy theory, but you're now talking about murder. So maybe you ought to stay in your lane a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This 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 diagram here is just fascinating. I'm just randomly picking things. And, you know, it's. One of the things is the the Pulse nightclub yep. uh, shooting, and under that it says fifty perverts. And is that Absolutely a reference to it was an
1: LGBT nightclub?
0: Right. I was wondering if there was some kind of biblical prophecy or something where. 50... Oh, um,
1: I mean, it's all it's all connected to this weird strain of evangelical Christianity that they have.
0: Yeah. So uh, Q and you think? Kind of. I think I've heard you mention that you think it kind of grew out of the Pizzagate movement.
1: Yeah, the when you started seeing some of the mainstream coverage of QAnon, people were calling it uh, Pizzagate on steroids, which I I do think it's part of that. I think it's I think it's bigger than that. I think it's why it's lasted longer than Pizzagate. But um, the that sort of central claim of Pizzagate, that there's this hidden child sex trafficking ring that is part of QAnon. But it's but it's been sort of blown out. Um, that's just one part of what the deep state is doing so occasionally you'll get q posts about john podesta or hillary clinton and you know satanism and baby trafficking and all this other stuff and then you get this totally different political intrigue stuff this like tom clancy meets dan brown stuff that's just mm-hmm. way way out there and has really has nothing to do with pizzagate so i, I kind of like to say that q is this conspiracy theory of everything It pulls in everything that's going on and sort of spits it back out, stamped with all of the Q stuff. So it's not surprising that Pizzagate is part of that because it's a lot of the same people who are at the center of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, like the pedophile child trafficking rings uh, conspiracy theory. That's that's something that you I I see a lot on Twitter of people who aren't necessarily uh, QAnon followers. They all seem convinced that the, the elite in Washington or the worldwide elite are a bunch of uh, pedophiles. And it seems it's very strong undercurrent in conspiracy culture. Is there any reason for that?
1: Uh, it's a really easy accusation to make against people you don't like. Hmm. Uh, just yeah. call them a pedophile. You know, it's just because you don't you don't need to prove it. It's such a it's so inflammatory that even just bringing right. up that word with somebody. Well, that just that just them. Yeah. Because you they work under the they work in the opposite of the way uh, the scientific method works. They think something is true until it's been proven false, which of course is the opposite of how things work. But it's a very it's very inflammatory, it's very difficult to prove that you're not something. And there are high-level pedophiles. I mean, we, we yeah. know that. We know that there are people like uh, Jeffrey Epstein, we know there are people like Brian Singer in Hollywood who have a predilection for Sexual activity with underage people, and mm-hmm. they, and there are people like that. You know, you start debunking this stuff, and you go, "Oh, you think pedophilia doesn't exist?" Well, no, of course it exists.
0: Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. But, in in yeah, the UK, but, there was a bunch of pedophiles. Oh, not sure. one a bunch. There was a couple. This uh, Cyril Smith, I think, was an old politician, uh, very large man. He was famous for being very large. But you know, after he died, it came out that he had uh, basically abused young boys in hospitals, and he was very popular politician in england and there's a, a popular dj a tv personality uh, jimmy savile right. in the uk who it turned out you know was uh, uh yeah basically abusing children uh but yeah i think obviously like you know people in power are not immune to the failings of, of everybody else and there's going to yeah. be a percentage of them who are uh you know sick or evil or both
1: right, right. and those people are out there but they're not Communicating with each other with these secret codes mm-hmm. and messages and bits of clothing—they're—they're not—they're—they're they're keeping it secret. You don't find out about these things until after, usually until after they die, or until they make such a big public mistake that it all gets brought yeah. out, yeah. or when law enforcement uh, encroaches. But they're yeah. not—they're not sort of secretly high-fiving each other. There, these things need to stay secret, and and you know QAnon is big into well their, their symbolism will be their downfall no they're they, they don't use symbols they just keep it secret you don't know about it
0: yeah that made, never made sense to me like how the illuminati would leave clues everywhere right like what was the the rationale for you know leaving some kind of clue where people could discover what you're actually doing is it was was there actually was there an explanation that people give for that
1: i I think the explanation that the conspiracy people want to believe is that they're flaunting it—that right. they know how powerful they are—and so they leave their little coded messages everywhere to kind of reassure themselves how great they are and how important and how powerful. And and thinking, "Oh, the suckers will never figure it out." Well, I mean, <laughs> suckers are clearly figuring it out. So either either these symbols aren't real or they're really really badly thought out so you have the this really bizarre cognitive dissonance of these really really incredibly powerful you know crazy powerful people mm-hmm. who are so so inept that their conspiracies immediately get figured out their symbols immediately get decoded so you know it's it's like a lot of the stuff that was tagged with Obama where he's like this he's this dictator and yet he's also totally incompetent yeah. So how do you, I don't know how you manage two people?
0: Yeah, it's 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 like a lot of conspiracies require a a vast amount of competence. Like if you think of the the 9/11 conspiracy theories, where they think there was some kind of controlled demolition of the twin towers, you know things that are required to pull that off are just like astonishing. Right. And yet they apparently do things like announce that a building is going to collapse before it actually does or they don't realize that there will be hundreds of tons of, uh, of thermite left over right. in the dust or yeah. that uh, people could like measure how quickly the buildings fell and figure it out. It's yeah. like they, you've got these incredible people who could rig a building. So it, you know, it looked like it was a normal collapse uh, to most people. And yet they didn't realize that a few people with YouTube channels would be able to figure it out. It's, right. It's, yeah, it's like you say, it's, it's dissonance. Uh, are they competent or are they inept?
1: Right. And, and what a lot of these conspiracy theorists don't realize when they're putting these plots together is people are generally really bad at keeping secrets. And if you had thousands of people involved in rigging the Twin Towers with explosives, in cooking up this story, in... Doing all of the things that would have needed to have been done for this to have been a controlled demolition. Somebody would have talked about it in a bar the next day. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't keep this a secret. Nobody can keep anything a secret. And that's where, you know, a lot of the chemtrails stuff happens. Where, you know, if you if every plane in the sky is spraying chemtrails. You know, you've got what, hundreds of thousands of pilots and ground crew and flight attendants and maintenance people, and then they're all just staying silent about it. I, I don't think so. You yeah. know, people are not good at keeping things to themselves, especially so, over
0: a very long time. Like right. If you, yeah. If you exactly. 10, 20 years or so, right. like someone's right. going to talk, I think totally. you can imagine uh, a conspiracy like, say, uh, JFK, if JFK was a conspiracy of three people instead of one person then you could perhaps imagine how that would stay secret for a long time. Uh, but if, if there are conspiracies that require a much larger uh, cover up, right. Right, the, in the, the uh, 9-11, uh, they had pretty much the entire FBI investigating 9-11 afterwards. Right. Like, right. You know, they had FBI agents combing through the wreckage. They had the fire department was on site right. uh, for, for like a year. Uh, looking for bodies and and, you know, they would have found any evidence. So was that. Right. But so right. you have to have thousands of people. Right. For thousands, a like that. Of
1: thousands, you know, and it just it just gets absurd. Yeah.
0: But QAnon, though. Uh, what what do they posit as being like the the group of people who are behind QAnon, uh, supposedly?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like They say Donald Trump is involved and some right. high ranking members of the military, perhaps, right. and uh, Robert Mueller was supposedly on their side, or still yeah. is.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's really quite confusing. The the mythology with QAnon of who is doing the posting is that there is a group of, I think the number they they've thrown out is between three and ten, very high-ranking military intelligence people, and that also Trump himself posts on the QAnon board. And you can tell that something is a Trump post when it's signed Q plus. So Q is the, is the military intelligence apparatus. Q plus is Donald Trump. So that that's the mythology. Um, Now what that doesn't take into account is that first of all, nobody in military intelligence would ever do this. Now, I mean, you've had secrets leak out. You've had classified plans stolen. That stuff happens. But it would never be done this way. And beyond that, Donald Trump's computer illiterate. He doesn't he doesn't use email, he doesn't text, he doesn't surf the web, he doesn't the only thing he does online is tweet. And we've seen how badly he does that. So of course they they roll that into the conspiracy theory that the typos and the misspellings right. are actually hidden messages. So there's so, a there's a special pleading for everything that happens that falsifies the conspiracy.
0: So they think Trump is an uh, extremely competent genius. Yes. And that he he's returns. doing all this stuff deliberately. Yes. Uh, and, and all uh, of
1: the when he misspells a word, the, the mm-hmm. missing letters are a clue. Uh, or that when he capitalizes, you know, capitalizes weird random nouns. Right. And that those capital letters can be put together in certain ways involving anagrams or, like, numerology, it, it, whatever whatever is necessary to make it understandable, even if it's totally different every time. You know, this tweet can be determined with numerology. This one, it's an it's a anagram. It's just whatever they want it to be, and that's what makes it sort of a perpetual motion machine. Mm-hmm. It, it always finds some new way to sustain itself.
0: So how do you debunk something like this? How do you try to... Address it and help people see that it's not what they think it is.
1: Oh, man, it's it's hard because a lot of people have really bought into this big time. Um, You know, it's uh, there are very religious and cult like aspects to this Mm. and people who think that it is going to save the world. And how do you argue with somebody who thinks that their thing that they discovered on the Internet is going to save the world? You can't tell them it's not going to because then they are just going to dig in harder. What I've tried to do is very thoroughly debunk a couple of the most often cited proofs for Q, what, what they call um, sort of bits of information that are supposed to confirm that Q is real. They call them proofs. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to debunk a couple of the really, really prominent Q proofs, as opposed to going sort of down the line one after another, these really half-baked things. Because a lot of them, it's just not worth your time. But there's a couple that they kind of go back to over and over again. And so when I get thrown when somebody throws one of those at me, I'm able to sort of post a link to something that I wrote. Maybe they'll read it, maybe they won't. But at least if they read it, they'll get a really thorough and comprehensive list of reasons why this is not what they think it is. And ultimately it's up to them to decide whether they believe that or not. Mm-hmm. But but going you know going after the people who believe it never works and go and trying to get into like a toe to toe battle is not going to work either because they've always got something else. So I found that having a couple of really well researched debunkings of the most often cited reason they think Q is real is, I think is the most efficient way to do it.
0: So what would be your, your number one of those top cited reasons?
1: The uh, the one that I get most often is that Q foretold down to the very minute when John McCain would die. Oh, really? Um, Well, well, one month later. So it was that minute, one month later, Q foretold that John McCain would die. And I get this all the time. Oh, Q, Q predicted it down to the minute. How could it be fake if you down to the minute when John McCain would die? Well, he did so what, what they're citing is a Q post where Q put in this sort of very cryptic way that he usually has, um, McCain will be back in the headlines. And there was a mm-hmm. picture of McCain with his, his hand at a speech. And uh, 31 days to the minute when that was posted, John McCain's death was announced. Well, the thing is that the post didn't say anything about John McCain dying. It said he will be back in the headlines. Well, it's John McCain. Everything he does makes headlines. Yeah. <laughs> whether he announces his retirement, whether he writes a letter, um, you know, def- going against Trump, whether he announces he's switching parties, whether he endorses somebody, whatever he does is going to be in the headlines because he's John McCain. Mm-hmm. So saying McCain will be back in the headlines. That's that's not a prediction. That's just a thing that's going to happen. It's and a safe bet. Point, it's a safe bet. It's like yeah. saying the sun's going to come up. Yeah, it probably is. And so when they say that he predicted his death, no, we didn't. He predicted that he would be in the news. Um, the the 30 days, it's actually not 30 days, 31 days, because there were 31 days between when the post showed up and right. when, the, when McCain died. And that kind of you know those kind of little things are really important to point out. And as for getting the the the, the hour correct, that's just luck. That's yeah. just if you make a bunch of predi- a bunch of really vague predictions, some of them are kind of are going to come true. I, I liken it to darts. If you throw a thousand darts at a right. dart, you're going to hit a bullseye a couple of times. It doesn't mean you're a professional darts player. It just means you threw a lot of darts. Yeah. and they never they never come back to the predictions where q is wrong they never come back to the things that don't happen they never come back to the things that don't make any sense and it never came true they will focus on the couple of things that maybe kind of were correct and hope that the believers forget the whole big swath of things that were incorrect and and of course they do
0: yeah the darts analogy is good another one i like to use is uh tossing coins, uh if you get uh a thousand people to toss a coin uh ten times in a row, then on average one of those people is gonna have that coin come on heads all ten times. Yeah. Which to that person and people standing around that person seems pretty much like a miracle. Right. Uh but yeah, you know, people expect if you throw darts at a dartboard what it's gonna hit the bullseye eventually. But the, a coin coming up heads ten times in a row, yeah, you know, it happens. You yeah, know, people people have runs of luck in casino that seem right. like they've they've got like an angel on their shoulder. Sure. Uh, and it's going to happen to somebody. Somebody wins the lottery. Right. Somebody goes so, to the store, right. they yeah. get a quick pick, and then two weeks later they they're a hundred million dollars richer. Right. Uh, so coincidences obviously do happen, and if you sure. do enough enough posts. Uh, the, the one post I like that I uh, looked into of uh, QAnon was the the tip top yes. uh, thing, which was where uh, somebody posted asking Q, I think it was asking Q to get Trump to work the words tip top into the State of the Union right. uh, address, and he didn't. He didn't. Right. Trump didn't say it at the State of the Union address. Right. But I think it was like a a week or two later, the um, the Easter, Easter egg yeah.
1: roll. So it's a couple of months later, that he said it. All and right. You're like, whoa! He said he said it. He listens to us. Well, he he has certain things that he says, mm-hmm. and he has little little catchphrases that he uses, and he's probably going to use them sooner or later. So the fact that he used a catchphrase that he's used before doesn't mean you've got him to say it. It just means he said something he says. They yeah. um, they, they really, they obsess over um, the differences in timing between when Trump will tweet and when Q will post. So sometimes Q will post something and then, you know, 30 seconds later, Trump will tweet. And they're like, oh, they're less than a minute apart. It's mathematically impossible for this to be a coincidence. Well, first of all, that's not how math works. Second, if you... Trump tweets a lot at certain times of the day. He usually, tweets a lot early in the morning. So if you Q posts a bunch of stuff early in the morning, chances are one of them is going to hit at the same time that a Trump tweet does. It's just it's just gaming out the odds by taking out some of the variables. Now these that you know those that Trump tweet and that Q post usually aren't have nothing to do with each other. But people there are Q believers who think that. The Q poster is yeah. standing next to Trump in the Oval Office, and they're coordinating when they put uh, this stuff up. And it's just ridiculous. pressing the button at the same yeah, they're, time, they're pressing the button, like, the, like they're turning the keys in the nuclear side. Yeah. Yeah. Except I've looked at a... some
0: of the I've looked at some of those proofs uh, and I had a really hard time finding the connection between them. Right. Uh, other than that, they were posted at approximately the same time.
1: Right. Yeah. and, uh, I, and I see people a lot. Don't tell me that it happened, tell me why it matters. Tell me yeah. what's tell me what's important. And tell me what's meaningful about Trump tweeting about Adam Schiff and Q posting about Jack Dorsey. And you know, 30 seconds apart. It doesn't it's just noise. It's just two things right. that happen to happen right next to each other. As yeah, opposed yeah. to the many Trump tweets that don't go up anywhere near a Q drop and the many Q drops that don't go up anywhere near a Q post. I mean it's just they're just picking out the little tiny bits of noise and thinking that those are the song that they wanna hear.
0: Yeah, and I think you really have to go back to the why are they actually doing this? Why are they sending out coded messages that are supposedly you know, fairly straightforward to decode? Right. Uh, if it's secret, they wouldn't send out anything, especially right. after they've realized that people are you know, decoding these things. Uh, like, Why would they continue Right. To do it. Why wouldn't he just say, I, right. I'm going to I'm going to say this or Trump is going right. to say this or yeah. whatever. What is is there a, a benefit beyond uh, secrecy for putting it in code? So no. I, I, I feel <laughs> like the QAnon people have kind of, you know, they've accepted this and they've moved on. They've yeah. accepted that it's, you know, he's whoever Q is posting things in secret, giving us these little drip drabs from Trump's desk, literally from Trump's desk. Yeah uh in these weird codes and they've just accepted it right. as a reasonable thing right. when really they need i think they need to step back and revisit that accepting yes. uh, yeah. in the context of like you know he's been doing this for what like a year now or something yeah, like that year and a half yeah year and a half <laughs> there really isn't in my mind a rationale for continuing to do it in secret like this no. so it's I think that's that's one of the challenges for a debunker is that if it doesn't make any sense at all to you, you, know, you kind of got to ask them. You know, why do you think they're doing this? And do you do you talk to QAnon believers much?
1: Once in a while, I'll exchange um, you know, I'll exchange messages on Twitter with people. Um, and a lot of them is a lot of that is them just trying to get me over to their side, and a lot yeah. of it is me saying. Well, that, that thing that you think is meaningful is not necessarily meaningful. Um, you know, they're, they're, but they really believe it. They want to believe it. And it's very compelling. And I've, I've written before about why, even after all of the things that Q has predicted have not come to pass, why do people Uh still believe it? Well, putting aside the idea that disconfirmation makes believers dig in harder. We've known that for decades. Yeah. Um, it's a compelling story. You know, it's like a Tom Clancy book. It's like secret codes and and hidden military operations and big changes to society and only a few people know about it and they need to get the word out to everybody mm-hmm. else. But those people are going to think they're crazy. So they make internet memes and videos and they're trying to share the gospel and wake people up and and it's participatory and it's compelling and it builds a community. Yeah. So there's really, there's really all of these other social aspects to this and i don't i don't know if it was designed this way or if it's just if it just happened and, and whoever posts this queue kind of took advantage of it uh-huh. but this it's like this it's we've gotten to the point with it where it doesn't even matter what q says it doesn't matter if there even is a q anymore because q goes sometimes weeks without posting anything but the videos keep coming and the social yeah, yeah. reports are hopping and the tweets keep coming and it's like there's going to be a point where Q just doesn't even isn't even required for this anymore.
0: Yeah, well, I guess at some point Q will either be revealed or he will go away. Right. And then the movement will just carry on uh, without uh, without right. him or them or whoever.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll turn into something else.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it'll it'll probably stay around for for decades in one oh, form or another. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's
1: that's really why I write so much about it. it is because I think that this is. This is not going anywhere unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's it's been it's been going on for too long and it's too popular and there's too many people have invested too much in it. It it's maybe not going to be the same thing. You know, it maybe won't revolve around intelligence drops and it maybe will change into sort of general information digging and you know who who knows what it'll look like after Trump's out of office, but I I think unfortunately whatever this is 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 Turning more into a religion and less into a conspiracy
0: theory, yeah, yeah, and I think you know you you said earlier that people have uh, you know what I, I would describe as kind of a, a messiah complex they feel like they're saving the world and being the, right. the part of something that's right. really important, and that, that's something I see in uh, in other conspiracy theories, like especially the chemtrail conspiracy theory, they think they are basically trying to save the planet right and you know the nine eleven conspiracy theorists. A lot of them are very they're very nice usually old men who are very well-meaning yeah uh like the people are in the architects and engineers for 9-11 truth yeah if you talk to them they're mostly just lovely people who happen to believe that the world trade center was brought down as part of a controlled demolition with pre right. explosives yeah of course you also get people who think that it's some kind of zionist plot to enslave right. the world right uh, yeah. which, uh, you know, is kind of the, the other end, but you know, a lot of these people, they just feel like they're doing good and you, you can't really fault that, uh, that drive to do that. But, you know, they're making right. these mistakes and they're taking in this information that's, uh, without question. And I think that's where you get, get the problem.
1: Yeah. You know, you're, you're getting a lot of Q belief now in the baby boomer community. So you're getting yeah. a lot of, like you were saying, oh you know, older people, Um, You know, a lot of people who maybe don't have communities around them anymore, maybe they retired from the job or they're divorced or their kids have moved out of the house. They don't have a lot to do. They maybe don't have a big social circle and maybe they're looking at their life going. It didn't turn out the way I want it. And rather than examine their own choices or go out into the world and maybe meet some new people or take some risks, they they go online. And they look for people who are going through the same thing that they're going through and are looking to blame the same people that they're looking to blame. If if your career just didn't work out or if you, your house got foreclosed on or you've got a opioid problem or whatever, it's a lot easier to blame somebody else for that than to blame yourself for that. And that's, that's just human nature. That's the way we are. And Mm -hmm. ultimately who these people end up blaming is the Clintons, the Obamas, the deep state, the Jewish banking complex, the media, the Rothschilds, George Soros, this sort of stock villains from 40 years of conspiracy theories. And they go, oh, there's somebody else who who thinks the way I do. Oh, they're talking about this cute thing. What's that? And they start looking. They start looking on YouTube. And, of course, then YouTube starts – Feeding them all the videos, and they go, "Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to watch another one of these. Oh, that that guy looks like he knows what he's talking about. Oh, I didn't know that." Within not too much time, they've kind of radicalized themselves, and then they're buying the stuff, and they're showing up at the rallies, and they they've got their Twitter account with their you know their little gold stars for General Flynn, and then they've become just part of this, and it's they found this community of people who they think are trying. To, like you said, save the world and trying to take down evil. I mean, I, you can't really be too upset with somebody for wanting to stop evil. No. It's just the way they do it is kind of ridiculous. And then yeah. they end up mixing away the people that they love because they get so obsessed with it. But at heart, they're trying to do what they think is good.
0: It's interesting you said radicalization there because I was, I was reading recently that They think that most uh, jihadists, uh, like especially people like uh, suicide bombers, are not so much uh, radicalized in in, you know, extreme mosques type situations, but they're radicalized online by watching not necessarily YouTube, but whatever the uh, the channels are uh, that, you know, that ISIS uh, gets out of their propaganda. Yeah, and Uh,
1: ISIS is really slick propaganda. They know what they're doing
0: yeah and obviously, from a, a jihadist point of view, they think they're doing god's work right. uh, I, I don't know if you could describe it as being good if they're going to be blowing people up sure. but you know, they, they think they're doing like holy work uh, that is you know for the good of the world and for the good of humanity and for the, for the glory of God so you know in a sense you think of a jihadist as being an evil person, uh, but they're also from their perspective they're the ultimate good because you know they have this this strange sense of of morality which is right. very based around religion. Right. Uh I wonder if you, you are you concerned that um uh, QAnon could develop into violence?
1: I'm very concerned that QAnon could develop into violence. You know you've already had um you've had two murders committed so far by people who have mm-hmm. uh, subscribed to Q ideology. Uh, the first was the guy in Seattle who murdered his brother with a sword because he thought he was a lizard person now i don't i don't think the q had anything to do with that i think this was just a guy who needed some pretty severe help and just for whatever reason never got it but the second one was the the murder of the mob boss the gambino boss in new york a couple of months ago this was the guy who wrote q sent me on his hand well i think that's pretty obvious what happened here I i don't know what i mean q doesn't really talk about the mob and you know nobody the mob is really not even much of a going concern anymore but you know this guy thought q wanted him to do this and i think we're we're getting to a point where somebody is going to see all the failures of the q predictions and see all of these horrible deep state pedophiles still running around still doing their horrible things and somebody's going to say i'm doing this myself I'm going to pick up a gun and I'm going to do it myself. The Q, Q message boards and Q social media is just absolutely awash with violence. Um, it's actually why their subreddit was taken down. You know, just violent threats and violent fantasies. And you go online and you find QAnon people fantasizing about it, traitors being hanged, traitors being shot, you know, just horrible things done to people. And there is a real undercurrent of, of violence with this movement. The, the the tweet that's pinned on my timeline is uh, some screenshots from Vote of somebody basically fantasizing about yeah. the day that the storm is unleashed and all the arrests happen. The chaos breaks out and it's like these really loving operatic descriptions of shooting people and burying the bodies. And like this, this is weird and this is, this is disturbing and, and it has to be watched because I think, yeah getting to a point where there is going to be a, a mass casualty event driven entirely by this.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's kind of easy to dismiss those fears because you think like, these are just crazy people who would do crazy things anyway. Like you think like, uh, the guy who shot president Reagan, uh, thought that he was doing it for Jodie Foster because he was a bit, uh, a bit delusional. But I, I think, you know, I think you're right. There is this, this driving force of, of, um, you know violent almost violent revolutionary violence and they, they they think that they they need to uh to take the next step and someone you know quite possibly could do it uh you know obviously there was the the pizzagate thing earlier with the guy who went into the comic pizza and shot it up yeah you know the, something that reminds me of is the the Christchurch shooting uh like last month which you know if, if you read some of the writings of this guy it, it kind of he doesn't come across as being completely delusional. Uh, yeah. well, I way mean, he does, but like not, he's <laughs> it, it, very well-spoken.
1: Right. Yeah. He's uh, not a big moron. He, he's yeah. clearly, he's a good writer. And I, I read it and it's, you know, a lot of it was stuff I'd read before, but at the same time, it's, I saw some very disturbing uh, parallels to, to Q rhetoric. And it's funny because I, um, I got a copy of the Q, that Q book that came out right around the same time. And I was, I read the manifesto and then I read the Q book. Uh, I don't recommend reading either, but um, there was some the prose is very similar. Mm. It's very similar style, very similar tone, um, very similar subjects. And you can, you can see how these minds work, how they pick out these small relevant details and blow them up into these gigantic conspiracy theories. The manifesto is much more white nationalist. But, you know, there, there are links between the two. There are, there are very, very close similarities.
0: QAnon has been described as a, a LARP, which yeah. is live action role playing. Like it's just people kind of like, you know, acting out fantasy for fun. What, what degree do you think there is that type of thing? And also just trolling like people who don't really believe in the QAnon stuff, but they're just stirring stuff up.
1: A lot of times when you write about QAnon, you'll get a lot of responses that rhetorically ask you all for a LARP, which is the the implication there is that the mainstream media wouldn't write about this if it wasn't real, if it wasn't getting close to the truth, which is not true because the mainstream media is going to write about things that are of interest to people. Um, you know, you don't ignore something just because it's unusual. But the the way that they sort of think of themselves as They think the media thinks they're a LARP and the media doesn't. What Q really is, is it's much more of an alternate reality game where uh, clues are thrown out. You're supposed to solve a puzzle. You know, the online puzzles are really popular. People like to do that. People like to solve puzzles with people scattered around the world. And this is just a bigger puzzle. So that, that all for a LARP thing is very kind of grievancy and, and Q believers pretending that, the media knows that it's real, but pretends that it's not real. So it's it's very sort of it's very meta in a way. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think of it as a law. I, I I think it is very it's very real to the people who believe it. It's not a, a dress yeah. up fantasy. You no, know, they really think they're doing.
0: It. Yeah, the puzzle thing's an interesting thing. Yeah. Because it, it reminded me of my, me and my wife does the crossword every day, yeah. sure. and I think it, it's that little. Little, almost like an addictive thing to yeah. do, like doing the crossword every day or look at what Q has dropped today right. and yeah, oh, make that. the connections.
1: I figured it out. I'm smart, and and yeah. you know people like doing it. People like to be smart.
0: Yeah. So, uh, like one of the more extreme QAnon things is this uh, Adreno Chrome thing. Is that <laughs> part of Q? Is that actually part of QAnon?
1: That's part of QAnon. Yeah, that's um, it, that really goes more into the PizzaGate stuff. Mm. Um, what that is supposedly is this, um, like super mega high that you supposedly get by harvesting the adrenal glands of frightened children. It's where, yeah, it's like pure satanic panic stuff where it actually comes from. There have been a couple of studies on basically synthetic adrenaline as a drug. And there was one really crank researcher who thought that it could be this kind of um, super LSD, it doesn't work that way. But even if it did, and it, and adrenochrome is not regulated, I mean, you can buy it online right now. It's not illegal. But even if it, even if that wasn't true, that whole idea of adrenochrome is like this this crazy high you harvest from adrenal glands that comes from fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, really? It's a throw, yeah, it's a throwaway line in that book. So the people who believe this have taken huh. this just totally this just throwaway line from this crazy book, totally a work of fiction, and have extrapolated it out into this real thing. And that's, that's really how a lot of this stuff works. They take a very, very small, pretty, pretty much irrelevant real thing and pretend that it is the biggest conspiracy theory in the world.
0: Like you said earlier, like, uh, uh, People get very protective of children, obviously, sure. and so it's a, it's an easy thing to throw out an accusation like these people are torturing children, and right. they automatically become become the devil. Do you think there's any benefit to uh, trying to debunk a theory by sharing the more extreme parts of the theory, like that adrenochrome? Like, you know, do you really think that people are torturing children for their uh, adrenal glands?
1: I think there could be value in that. I, I think there could be value in kind of making people maybe even making people just say it just to kind Mm. of hear themselves say how ridiculous this sounds. You know, we know that there are secret power players. We know that, that the people at the very highest levels do things they don't want the rest of us to know. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what white collar crime is. That's what, you know, that's, that's why people end up in jail for embezzlement is that's Bernie Madoff. That, I mean, we know that that happens, but it's not about these Bizarre satanic conspiracy theories It's about money and it's about power and it's yeah. about status. It's not, you know, it's not child trafficking bunkers and, and all this other nonsense. It's like, it's how do I screw people out of more money? And then eventually they just get so greedy that they get caught or they're all falls apart. So it, if you go to those really extremes, I think most people don't actually believe that. I I think, There are probably not that many people who really think that the Clintons are trafficking in kidnapped babies to harvest their agreeable lands. I think there probably are a few people, but most people just just aren't willing to go there. But I think a lot of people are willing to look at the Clintons as this nexus of power, and then you get these Clinton body count lists, and you go, oh, well, it seems like a lot of people around the Clintons have, have died, and the Clintons have gotten away with a lot of stuff, and, well, if they can get away with the email server and they can get away with white water and and they still come out on top. Well maybe they could get away with this too. And then I think that's where debunking comes in and goes, No, they can't. They that that's too much. You know, you can dislike the Clintons all you want, but ascribing them to this vast network of, of horrible stuff is just just too much.
0: Yeah. QAnon, like with you talk about the Clintons and uh, people like that, it's very U.S. centric. Uh, do the QAnon people talk about how the whole thing fits into the world uh, view? Is it something that's just isolated in America or is it part of some grand plot that involves high level people in other governments?
1: You get some glimmers of that in, in the QAnon. Like they'll mention, Q will mention Brexit once in a while or... Mm. Um, Merkel or, or, you know, Theresa May, but it's it's QAnon is very much U.S. centric. I I can tell the traffic I get on pieces I write is almost almost entirely U.S. But you do get some from the U.K., you do get some from Canada, you do get some from Western Europe. You you, you started to see some people around the world put up Q signs or wearing Q merchandise. So it's not it's not completely a U.S phenomenon but it is more it's mostly a u.s. phenomenon you know it's not like with the 9-11 truth movement where that really took off in western europe and yeah. particularly took off in france um that that hasn't happened with u.s. it is mostly u.s.
0: i wonder if the foreign uh versions of it are somewhat of a corruption of it because i think of the uh, the yellow jacket or the yellow vest movement in france which has spread to some other countries. And I see people in this country, in the U S like talking about yellow vest and they all seem to be much more extreme than the yellow Vesters in in France. They, they, yeah. It's almost like it's the conspiracy people, people right. like QAnon types who have latched onto yellow vest because they yeah. see it as being a step towards revolution.
1: Right. They see it as anti-authority, um, you know, anti-establishment, anti-Jewish power and money. It's, you know, it almost always comes back to that. But oh, yeah. yeah, you said you've seen I've seen a few pictures of Q iconography on some of those yellow vests, and of course it's hard to tell sometimes whether that's photoshopped or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the people showing up at the Trump rallies in the shirts that's all real. I mean that's yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's a very real thing.
0: Do you uh, you have any thoughts on if uh, Russia is? pushing QAnon as one of its you know disruptive strategies
1: i think they are i think they've realized i think whoever is you know running the troll farms has realized that this is a pretty fertile ground for uh sowing dissension between people and i think you get a a fair number of russian bots uh you know pumping this crap up on twitter i've i've heard some people say well the whole thing's a russian psyop it's not um it's 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 too American. It, it's too understanding of, of American mm-hmm. psychology and of Western psychology. I think to to be sort of thrown together by a Kremlin troll farm. I think it's also too small. You know, you had, you know, the, the Russian disinfo effort for the twenty sixteen election was huge. You yeah. know, there were a lot of people, a lot of Facebook groups, and a lot a lot of people involved, a lot of money, and I and this started so obscurely. That it just it got bigger just because it was so weird and it was telling people what they wanted to hear. I, I don't think there's a way that you would pl- you could have planned for this to take off.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what the Russian trolls are doing is trying to basically, like you say, sow dissent and get people to argue with each other and uh, you know tear at the fabric of society to a degree by polarizing. Uh, things so they latch on to things yep. like this and I've, I've seen them they latch on to things like uh like anti-vaccine oh, totally. they promote yeah. promote anti-vaccine because they know it's a very polarizing issue right. and i imagine they would probably do abortion as well just simply oh, because sure. it's it's something that's polarizing in american society yeah. get people to argue yeah. yeah yeah well we're nearly out of time so do you want to talk about your upcoming book sure so i've got about. a book
1: yeah, I've got a book coming out. I think it's going to be October, November. It's called The World's Worst Conspiracies, and it's um, – I it took 25 of the biggest conspiracy theories of the past sort of 25 years with a, with a few classics thrown in and did just a very, very high-level overview, sort of introducing it, what it is, why people believe it. And some of the very basics of debunking it. So it's the kind of book that you could get for somebody if they maybe talked about this a little bit, or they're kind of interested in it, or if somebody just likes to read about weird stuff. This is very simple. You don't. I really didn't get into the, into the weeds too much on it. Uh, just very basic level stuff, and you can read it, and you can know a little bit about. What it means when somebody brings up chemtrails or false right. flags or um, CERN or, you know, some of the very, very basics of some prominent assassinations. You know, just really simple stuff to kind of get people who haven't really thought much about this into into the kind of basics of critical thinking.
0: So why, why did you call it the world's worst conspiracies?
1: Um, I did not pick the title. Oh, OK. It was, um. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that these are conspiracies that have kind of wormed their way into mm-hmm. us, culture, and they are inherently bad for for critical thinking. I think right. conspiracy theories that are just plausible enough that you don't dismiss them out of hand, which is why they've stuck around, and which is why they gain more traction. So right. they are they are kind of these are the ones that have kind of bubbled up and stuck with us.
0: So that's out in November, and it's called uh, Yeah, I think it's going
1: to be out in November. I just uh, actually just sent in the, the final proofs of it. So we'll Excellent. get yeah, it. Yeah,
0: It's a fun process writing a book. And, yeah. Uh, yeah a bit stressful sometimes, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get it done eventually. Yep. Yeah. All right, and uh, how can people find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at RothschildMD, and my website is themikerothschild.com. Are you an MD? Nope, just my initials
0: okay <laughs> right excellent well thank you very much uh, yes, for the conversation it's been very interesting yeah and perhaps we could uh, do another one in the future sometime I would love yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about and there's yes. things to talk yes, about uh, besides Q&A as well yes they never they,
1: they never slow down it seems like
0: yes <laughs> yes there's always some conspiracy around the corner no, all no. right well thank you very much Mike and uh, we'll talk to you later You've just listened to episode two of Tales from the Rabbit Hole. If you like what you listen to, why not subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts? Or you can follow us on tftrh.com. This is Mick West with Tales from the Rabbit Hole.